Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyrics ever. With the juvenile flush on that one? <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that crap. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, guys, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast. And this week, we're doing Chris's pick. It's one of his favorite bands. I dare say it's the Black Keys' latest release, Dropout Boogie, just dropped on May the 13th. This is fresh blood, guys. I mean, this is absolutely as fresh, fresh. as it gets. Only a, only a couple songs were released prior to this album coming out, and um, I think all three of us came in very unfamiliar. I'd be curious to see how this turns out. You boys ready to do this? I am. I'm, I'm not expecting a lot from Anthony today, but let's see if he can uh, let's, let's see if this is any good. Here. <laughs> uh, I got this one. It's Sunday morning. Let's burn this damn podcast down. Uh, I like hey, it, man. I like it. I'll take yes. it. Yes. Uh, you come up with one of your best when I didn't expect anything, man. Good job. <laughs> good good job. Good. I love yes, that. Sir. Yeah, that's great. All right. Speaking of burning things down, let's start this off with Wild Child. I think it was the first single release. Let's do this. All right, guys, so here we go. First song from the new album, Wild Child. This was, like I said, the first single. It starts off with that familiar Black Keys tone as of late. These guys have a nice formula they've been utilizing since uh, the Turn Blue album, and it's not overproduced to the point of making it sound generic like a la the, the Turn Blue album. Um, however, I do find this song to be great from start to finish. I think this one will get better with more and more listens. Um, I had a little familiarity with this one prior to the record or review. Um, I find it to be great for now. I'm going to settle at a seven. Chris, what do you think about uh, this first song, Wild Child? That's a good point you made about the turn blue album there. I'm kind of surprised you pulled that gym out there. It's good. Uh, you know, that's a to me, that's kind of a demarcation point for them. You You get like new black keys forward with that album. Yeah. And old black keys backwards with uh, right. It guess, is a pivotal. Uh, El Camino pivotal was the one before that. Yeah, yeah. And it's right. that it's that infusion of uh, I don't know what that kind of sound is that they drop in. It's some I don't know if it's like a keyboard or an organ or what that they drop in there on top of some of their stuff, but it's that sound. And this does have that. I agree with that. It, it's this is basically your typical opening single for the Black Keys on an album. Uh, I think right. right. It was similar to the last. Well, I'm not going to include Delta Cream in this because that wasn't like a, a normal album for them. But uh, it was like rock. What's the name of that? I should have written that down. The, the, the album before that. Uh, Are you talking about rock, Let's Rock? That's a great album. Let's Rock. Yeah, that album right there. Is it returned? Uh, I can't remember the first out the single on that, but it, it, you know, it's the same kind of format they're using now. They they, they drop a kind of like a peppy song that. Like you say, we say this like it's your uh-huh. head bobbing kind of thing, and that, that's right, what right. this one does. Low highs, a really good groove about. to it. Uh, in, infectious chorus in it gets stuck in your head. I do. They're starting to shorten their songs up a little too much for yeah. me. I wish they ah. would extend this to like thirty more seconds, get a better guitar solo in there. As far as that goes, if they would have done that, I might have given this a nine, but I'm going to give it an eight as it stands okay. right now. Okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Anthony, what do you think about Wild Child? 
Well, there wasn't a lot of song facts, but there was for the first two songs, so I pulled mm-hmm. a little information really? down. Okay. Well, the two singles, I get it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of charts, Wild Child taught Billboard's adult alternative airplay chart, the Black Keys' seventh number one on that tally. The duo's run began with Lonely Boy in 2011, so I thought that was interesting. Um, it said uh, this groovy Black Keys track finds vocalist Dan Auerbach Attracted by a wild child with a tender heart and a beautiful smile. He wants to hold her, please her, and give her his love, but realizes it's just a fantasy. So he lets her go and just settles for dreaming about the wild child. And Wild Child was a song idea that the Black Keys had dabbled with over several years, but couldn't get a grip on how to approach it lyrically. They pulled it up again during the dropout boogie sessions and asked their friend, reigning sound frontman Greg Cartwright, to help. He kind of formulated this whole story, and we sat there and wrote the lyrics together. Black Keys drummer and co-producer Patrick Carney told Audacity's Megan Holiday, It was so much fun. It's like 20 years of being in a band, and this is the first time we're doing this. So, a few little song facts there. Not a lot, but anyways, Wild Child for me. Guys, this is an eight. It's an excellent tune. Uh, great way to lead an album in. Catchy chorus, upbeat. Full of great bluesy rock with a killer guitar solo. Band sounds fantastic. I really like the sound of this one. Um, almost might go to a nine on it. I mean, I really do like the sound of this song a lot. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I was listening to that get clip and I was like, should I give that a nine? That's a, that's a pretty solid song. It just, oh, every time I hear idea. this album, it's just like, it keeps getting better for me, some of these songs. So, yeah. I give it an eight for now. I give it an excellent. Very good. Sounds good. Yeah, I guess I guess I was more conservative on my first. You know, this is the first taste of this record for me, and you know, I don't want to go too high and then come back and listen and be like, "Oh, this song's not as good as I thought." I mean, you know what I mean? So for me personally, I've never heard any of these songs. You guys at least heard the singles. I didn't even heard that before I turned it on this week. So. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. This one's had some radio play so far. Oh yeah, it has definitely. All right, let's go to track number two. It's called "It Ain't Over." It ain't over. I really enjoy the sound of this one. It has the new Black Keys sound to it more so than the, uh, like we said, that pivotal turning point of Turn Blue. It doesn't have that pre-Turn Blue sound, but it definitely has the post. And it's that dark tonality in this song that really makes me appreciate it more and more. And I'll be honest with you, the more I listen to this week, although this was a single, the better it became. I think this one's sneaky good to the point it's somewhere between great and excellent in my ears right now. And that line, one in your sleeve can get you one, uh, get you two in the chest. That is awesome line toward the end of that song. <laughs> is hilarious. I love that, and that kind of gets you where you need to be when you listen to this kind of old bluesy. Because this is a throwback to some, you know, forties, fifties blues. You know what I'm saying? Great lyrics, great song. Uh, actually, great to excellent song. Seven and a half is where I'm at. Chris, what do you think about it? Ain't over. That's a good, another good point, man. It, it it's old blues mixed with their new sound. If that, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, uh, and, and I I do appreciate that. I think it was a good blend of the two as well. Agreed. Yeah, this is another single off the album. Uh, this one is very new though. I don't. I've not actually heard this on the radio yet. Where I heard Wild Child all over the place, but it probably. I think it, they just released this single, if I'm not mistaken, right? So yeah, like literally the end of April. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a solid song, man. There's a good groove to it. Again, it's got that turn blue sound. I, I agree 100 percent with that. Um. Yeah, I, you know, I don't have a lot more to say about it. I think it's an excellent song. I gave it an eight. Um, 
a solid song, man. Agreed. You, you kind of right. took a lot of my notes with it. <laughs> I, I do think it's a nice blend of old blues plus their new sound kind of meshed sure. together. You're welcome. I'm going to keep stealing all of y'all's lines. You know what? There's a song. The I know, I, let me just ask yeah. you, for number for number four, can I just go first? Because I know you're going to say something that... You son of a bitch. <laughs> that I've got in my notes. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm going to say some things about that one. Don't worry. Okay. Now, well, you can go first. You can go thank first. Thank you. But that's because fine. I know you're going to steal my notes on it. <laughs> that's all right. That's fine. All right. Anthony, what did you think about It Ain't Over? Well, the only other song facts is on this one. Uh, it said the slow burning blues rocker finds Dan Arbach reflecting on the merits of splashing out cash on a love interest. He compares breaking the bank to win the apple of your eye to gambling. Though it's a real long shot and likely to break your heart, Arbach urges the listener when smitten by someone to lay your money down. Don't be discouraged when you feel like you're playing a losing game. He adds, because dreams do come true. It ain't over until it's over. And people do occasionally hit the jackpot and find true love. So, kind of gives you an idea what the song is about. It's another excellent tune for me, guys. I give this one an eight. Um, really like the Ooh. sound, groove, and vibe of it. The song, that nasty guitar solo, I like that a lot too. I like the instrumentation that closes it out. Uh, great follow-up to the opening song in my mind. I gave it an eight. I think it's an excellent, excellent tune. Yeah. So, Valid point, yeah. This is progressively getting better, in my opinion. First song to second song. Now let's go to track number three. It's called For the Love of Money. Chris. for the love of money that bluesy riff right from the start a little slide guitar thrown in to make it a little bit more tasteful i think uh, dan's making this riff sound straight out of the 40s nice tone and although not as good as the prior two songs i still find it to be very good i'm at a six chris what did you think about for the love of money it's extremely bluesy i agree with that it does have a throwback sound to it uh this song is you know where the first uh two sound kind of like they were from turn blue blue turn blue on right. this found, feels like it's right off their first album as far as that goes ah. it's straight straight blues more blues than rock really as far as that goes i think that predominant riff is just nasty i love that the way it kind of goes through that just fantastic uh, you know it's a part of the show if you see them live where you know they have they do have like a background band now, but there's a part of the show where they just send those guys off stage and it's just Dan and Pat and I can see them playing this song in that part of the set. It's really the best part of the show when when you go watch them play. Yeah, I've always felt anyway. Um, lyrically, it's kind of clever. There were parts in there I picked out. I was like, yeah, that's pretty neat. Uh, yeah, I, I love everything about it. I think it's an outstanding song. I oh really? Mind. Yeah, it's wow, straight okay. blues, man. Straight it blues is. rock. Love it. it of course, okay. this is my wheelhouse. I'm, there's places I'm a fanboy, and I'm, this probably isn't a nine, but okay. I'm giving it a nine. Fanboy, so. man. No, you can do, yeah, this is your stuff, man. <laughs> it's is, all good. Anthony's all like, good. fanboy, always fanboy. I, yeah. I mean, if it's your stuff, man, go for it. Don't be <laughs> yeah. ashamed. I'm Hang not ashamed. Right, I right. think it's an Love outstanding it proud, song. Man. So, yeah. Love it proud. Love it proud. This is yeah. one I got a feeling I'll be listening to for years. I mean, like, I can oh, wow. do this one. Yeah. Wow. All right, Anthony, what do you think about For the Love of Money? I mean, it's three for three for me. Um, it's another excellent tune. It's another song that I just love the sound groove and vibe of. I like all the funky things going on in the background. It's the kind of song you can just turn on and get lost in for about 30 minutes. And I think it's going to be a great driving song. Just turn the windows down, sit back in your car, and just go, man. It would just be a great 
wide open highway, nobody around you, just cruising, man. It'd be a great right. song for that. So, yeah, I give it an eight. I think it's excellent, man. It's this first half of this album, man, is is just simply amazing. It's only getting better after this. So, oh, wow. Okay, fair enough. Chris, track four. Your team is looking good. Hit it. Maestro, take it away. <laughs> well, uh, as you guys may or may not be aware, these guys are similar to Jimmy Buffett in one particular way, as uh, that is that they're they're not above making a song for a quick cash grab. And <laughs> you cannot convince me that they did not write this song so it could be on the 2023 NCAA basketball tournament commercials. <laughs> I know. Was it on that commercial? Dude, my notes are no, right here. It wasn't, so you just but go ahead. On their last album, ahead. a song was, and on two albums ago, a song was. <laughs> and somebody at CBS Sports loves the Black Keys. That's just they, all there is they to really it. Do. Yes. And Agreed. I know they wrote this song. I just lyrically and everything, they wrote it for that for that tournament. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> was that in your notes, Jimmy? It is. I, I'm going to screen capture and send this to you so you can see what I've got in here. Well, it's so obvious. And we've talked about this in the past. It's, I did like gold on the ceiling did. back in the day. Yeah. And there yeah. was something, I can't remember which song, but there was something on Let's Rock that they, they did the same thing with. Um, oh, God. I mean, it's so obvious. It's, it's that's true. what it's this true. is. So all that set aside <laughs> is a catchy tune. Uh, it the, the chorus can get stuck in your head. I, I mean, it's going to be a, a, I think it'll be a single down the road. It's it not yet, be. but I believe it will be. Uh, uh, no, it will because they got to put it on that commercial. It's going to be a single. You just wait and see. <laughs> yeah, maybe toward the end of the year. You're right. You know, I, I gave it a seven. I think, still think it's a great tune. It's catchy. It's fun. But I think that's why they wrote it. I really do. So go ahead. All right. Uh, Anthony, you go ahead. I'm going to close this one out. <laughs> uh, me personally, guys, I gave it a nine. I think it's a wow. outstanding song. It jumped off at me right away. It's only gotten better the more I've listened to it. It's got a lot of great things going on for the music, uh, especially though the music in it. All the stuff going in the background is fun too. I like the vocals, the chorus. It's another solid tune. You know, so far four for four me on this album for me. So I think it's it, an outstanding song, man. I really do. I can see why you feel that way because if if you're not aware of what they do, and, and, yeah. the, and I'm telling you, they I guarantee they wrote this song specifically for that basketball tournament coming up. <laughs> I, I mean, when I first heard this Wait one, I, see, you'll hear that on the commercials for that. I know when I first heard it this week, I was like, this is an odd song, but I do like it a lot. You know, it doesn't yeah, it seem catchy. to fit. They do these oh kind of songs. God. And was it two and a half minutes long? It's not it's long. It's not long I at mean, all. Yeah. It, did, yeah. it yeah. doesn't really seem to fit the vibe of the album. It kind of stands out. But at the same time, it's just really great song. Valid man. point, Anthony. Valid point. Really yeah. great song, though, man. How did I, I enjoy agree. this song? I enjoy it, too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so... For the love of money, or for your team is looking good. Let's, first of all, Anthony's right. This song did confuse me because it doesn't match the formula for the rest of this album, okay? First of all, I'm going to be real. This is a cash-grabbing sellout move. Lyrically, it seems so simple. I don't care. Shut Why up. Does it Here matter? we go. Why does it matter? Here we go. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> all right, it seems, lyrically, said. it seems so simple. And someone says, Dan is watching some game during the NCAA tournament. And we will hear it again during the NCAA tournament next year. Not a great tune overall. This is my flush. 
Oh, really? No, this on, one is, isn't disappointing nor good. I'm at a meh. It's four. Oh, Jimmy's better than that. Come on. No, That's a catchy not. song. It gets it stuck is in catchy, your head. but... All right, so with the Would rest you give of the them album, gold the, on the ceiling of four? I mean, that's a good song, even though they use the I hell actually of it love that song. I, I, yeah. This was right when they were breaking out. You got to remember that they already broke out now. This song yeah. is absolutely a cash grab. I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. It just doesn't fit the formula of this album, Chris. It does not fit it at all. <laughs> it is the outlier. This should have been a bonus track, perhaps. I don't know, but I think the lyric content just make it sounds so juvenile. So your I'm team is looking good. Well. Your team it, it's is not looking good. Oh, lyrically deep. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay, but nonetheless, I, I mean, I'm mad, but just because of, there's so many things that in my mind it's stacking against this song. Number one, it's a sellout song. Clearly, they're gonna make some money off this. So, but it doesn't match the rest band, of this album. I mean, what's it's a band like Metallica supposed to do? recording an album and then putting a classical music song in the middle of it. And, and what did Jason Newstead say when they said they sold? Yeah, out? we sell it every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess the Black Keys sell it every night too. So, I mean, point. I, hey, listen, this is how I heard it. That's all. I don't. Bands got to live, got to eat, man. You got to play something that's going to catch I people's mean, attention. You know, you're I correct. Mean, we are listening to a couple of multimillionaires. They definitely need more money. So you're right. I'm just saying. You know, I understand why that why they would so Wagyu beef every. If, <laughs> if any band. <laughs> Hasn't made it, it's a different story. These guys have absolutely made it, and they don't need the I money mean, anymore. I'm sure their record company is probably saying, we need a single. We need a couple singles off this. He owns they probably record put label. That... Nobody's telling him what to do. Yeah, I was getting ready to say this. <laughs> What's this that? The, he owns this record he label. He owns the record label. Oh, he owns, owns it. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, so there's not anything going on It's like his label. That. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> we don't need to argue about it, guys. I mean, clearly you guys like the song. I just didn't like it. I, it I just jumped like off. It was, I really enjoyed it. I recognize it's a cash grab. I don't disagree. It is an absolute cash grab. There's no doubt in my mind. But there ain't nothing it's wrong okay. with that. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Thankfully, this record gets better after this. All right, let's go to track number five, Good Love. After the previous dumpster fire, we are back in business. Uh, my goodness, this one has that early ZZ Top written all over it. Where's this pure 70s ZZ Top worship? And for good reason. They've got none other than Billy Gibbons guesting on this. And honestly, guys, you can tell it from the guitar tonality right. that it's Billy Gibbons. I love that the Black Keys invited the legend to on board for this song to riff out the blues. This one is about as close to perfection on this album as you can get, but not quite. It's my favorite song on this album, and there's no stopping that. Um, and it's because that familiarity you get from 70s ZZ Top in this tune. It's a perfect, perfect mixture. I'm at a nine. I think it's outstanding. Chris, what do you think about Good Love? It's crazy how when you hear that tune immediately, you know it's Billy Gibbons. He's, oh, yeah. He, there's certain people, my you know, God. when they sing, you know it immediately. There's certain people, when they play guitar, you know it immediately. And I shared that story with you guys that I found online the other day about him just coming in, playing one of, it wasn't even his, his guitar. He just picked up one of Dan's guitars, plugged it in, and it sounds just like Billy Gibbons. It's crazy how he can do that, man. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that kind of blew my mind when I read that. I, you know, the guitar solo on this one's pretty smooth, too. I don't it's know if you guys ass. caught that. I, I didn't get that part in the song, but it, it's excellent guitar solo. There's something about... Uh, a blend of ZZ Top and the Black Keys. I, you know, I, I think maybe uh, I didn't realize, you know, I'm kind of late to the game on ZZ Top. 
I didn't realize back in the day how how great blues rock you know, legends they were. I always thought of the the legs era and the yeah, the beards right. and the, and that stuff, but I didn't realize like you know Man. the you know the the old school stuff, the Trace Ombros and the Rio mm-hmm. Grande Mud stuff that that yeah. this harkens back to really. Um, excellent song man uh actually uh, i'm giving it a nine as far as that goes i I'm, I'm, don't have written down what that is on our so it's outstanding so yeah, it is outstanding yeah it's a nine. all right love it anthony Great song. how did how did good love sound to you yeah well i'm just going to keep going with the praise on this one man yeah. i have uh uh this is an outstanding tune it's a nine what's that a 27 for us now nine times three so the 27 for us, right? If I can do math this morning, you know, <laughs> Billy Gibbons sounds great on this song. It just makes it that much better. I really like the sound of it. Bluesy, nasty, groovy. You almost smell the barbecue smoke inside a bar in Memphis when you hear this song, man. It's really crazy. Nice. I can, I can almost see the guitar strings bend as I listen to it as well. I mean, it's, it's just a killer, killer tune. And, only negative is Billy didn't get a chance to sing a little bit on it. I was kind of want to hear yeah, his voice. I kind of wish they would have been nice. Give yeah. yeah, I agree with that. You know, yeah. but when you said Billy Gibbons, when I started listening, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I hear that. You know, it, yes, you it's can. all over it, man. That's early ZZ Top. Classic, classic. <laughs> all right, well let's move us to track number six. It's called How Long. guys how long here we have the slowdown the crooning of dan helps elevate this song from being something that is good to something much much better i'm well i was betting originally that you guys probably didn't care for this one as much but this one really did grow on me throughout the week i think this one absolutely falls on like a maybe a sleeper possibly just because it's not like the not quite like the one song but it's definitely not like the rest of the album I find this one to be realistically great. I think it's a seven. I'm curious to see how you guys find it. Chris, what'd you think? Chris's flush ah, of the week. I figured. Yeah, he was coming. I know, I know. I feel kind of bad about it. But that said, it, it, it is you the always need a flush. For me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, it is a grower though I'll admit with that I, I think initially I was like eh, I, I wasn't I wasn't quite a four or anything with that but I might have been like around a five with this the first time I heard it right but it does kind of grow on you over the week and I and right now I'm at like at a five and a half as far as that goes that's, oh, wow. that's okay. what my score is for that but I do think over time it'll maybe even grow more on me it, it's one of those it's kind of a slow grower as far as that goes slow burner yeah yeah I mean it's a it's kind of basic. Uh, almost puts you to sleep sometimes when you listen to it. <laughs> as I guess. No, I, I hate to say you. it about these you. guys, but but uh, but it does build in the middle of the song. I think right kind of in the the bridge right there, right after the second chorus starts building into a pretty good song. Then it just kind of tails back off into that slow burn again. Uh, it's a solid tune, you know. Like I said, shade above good, so I'm giving it a five and a half. Fair enough, Anthony. What do you think about how long? Uh, I gave it a seven. You know, I, I think it's a great song that's still kind of growing on me. It's the one song that hasn't really vibed with me as much. It almost sounds like a leftover from that Dan Arbach uh, solo album we did like last year. That's what I kept thinking of when I heard it. Like it was one of those songs he had laying around that decided to put on this one. 
Um, you know, not knocking it. Like I said, it's a great song. Lots of great things. It's just still growing on me. Not really sure. This was really album kind of took a little dip for me for some reason. Like, like this whole album, like the first five, I'm like eight to nines. And after this, it was like sevens and stuff. And, you know, it's really strange. It's like a, that's a tale of two albums almost for me in some ways. But, uh, right. Okay. So, anyway, yeah, I'll one, give it a seven. One it's song a great song for man. me. <laughs> What's that? It's like a one song dip for me because I think I'm not seeing the whole album, man. Like the next few songs coming up, or I'll tell you later, but the, they're still very high. Don't worry about that. It's just, for some reason, when I hit this song, it kind of killed my buzz a little bit, I guess you could say, maybe. I and mean, it's kind of hard to pull myself back up. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Kind of, I don't know, but that's kind of where it was. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's move this to track number seven. It's called Burn the Damn Thing Down. Chris? guys so depending on the part obviously you didn't pick the very beginning of this song but uh, yeah, now this guitar one solo. loved it yeah well the guitar solo was absolutely <laughs> killer but uh, this one has some dirty tones and there's a hint of an old blues train shuffle that is enjoyable from start to finish i mean this one grew on me as well and dare i say it, this is almost like a sleeper as well on this song because the more i listen to it the better it got and this one is excellent it's becoming a favorite even though this one's like a quick, less than three-minute song, man, it's such an easy listen. I'm at an eight. Chris, what do you think about Burn the Damn Thing Down? Oh, this is my sleeper of the night. I love everything about the song, uh, even starting with the title. Love the title, man. That's a great title for a song. I, I'm glad yeah. Anthony grabbed that when he, when he did his little, uh, little tagline there for the episode. Uh, it's so catchy. Love the distortion and Dan's guitar. Love that solo. Probably the best solo of the night. The groove, the riffs, the chorus, everything about it. It's an outstanding song. I gave it a nine. Awesome. Anthony, yeah. what do you think about Burn the Damn Thing Down? Uh, you know, I love the sound of the guitars in the song, uh, that kind of fuzzy sound. I'm not sure how they make it. I'm sure you guys kind of know a little more about that, Jimmy. It's especially. actually a guitar fuzz pedal. Nice. It is. It's okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's also another great driving song. Like, this is another one I can see turning on, just cruising down the street listening to. Yeah, agreed. That's a great point. You know, uh, I like the bluesy sound of it. Uh, like I said, the nasty mean guitar kind of gives you that stank face too. You know, when you listen to those kind of bluesy songs, you yeah, just kind of sit yeah. back in your seat and <laughs> ZZ Top Face is what I called it last time. <laughs> uh, I kind of feel like this one falls somewhere between great and excellent, and I think I'm gonna go ahead and bump it to an eight. I had it at okay. seven point five, but after hearing that clip, I was like, you know, I think it probably deserves a little higher. It's dirty, notch, man. Though. Yeah, it's a good one. It, it's good. It's a really good one. Like the. It, I, that's what I said in my notes. Probably leans a bit more towards excellent, like a seven point seven five or something. So <laughs> seven and three quarters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I love it. If CBS Sports had a damn brain, they'd pick this as their song instead. Because <laughs> yeah. I promise you, uh, that that your team is looking good will be the the song that they play on this oh, commercial. Sure. But this would be a great one for it. So this is or you, town. We're gonna burn the whole damn thing down. I mean, or if you're a team coming into a town, you play that over the loudspeaker on your bus as you're driving into town. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god that's mostly oh, rap yeah. music on the buses be my guess <laughs> man i'm sure yeah, yeah. problem oh right. yeah i'm gonna give that one eight man we'll bump it up it's like four to track number eight it's called happiness chris
right, guys. So happiness. You want to talk about a slow burn. This one is droning from start to finish. It's a, in that dirty, bluesy fashion that really allows the listener to appreciate the work of Patrick this time. Because I think the drums really are what the ceiling point in this song are. He's doing an outstanding time. And it's subtle. I, I get it. He is the guy behind the kit. He's not really one of the – he's not Dan. Not standing out, showing off some blues riffs. But I think that is what made the song – you know, it's what sold the song to me. I mean – it seems like you're in a trance when you listen to this song, and I found this one to be somewhere between great and excellent. I'm at a seven and a half. Chris, what do you think about happiness? Yeah, we mentioned uh, earlier in the episode that they kind of had a, a demarcation from like Turn Blue on with their discography. But the, I think there's a demarcation in this album from like after your team is looking good on, it goes back to old Black Keys. It does. And, and this right here, the opening on that sounds like it could have been right on that Thick Freakness album or. Uh, Rubber Room in that time frame somewhere. They're really good. Or Rubber Factory, not Rubber. Uh, really good. Just really good uh, old school uh, blues. That's what we're getting with this stuff. And that's to me, that's where they shine. So uh, from here on out, I'm just going to be fanboy. I'm just going to tell you guys that's right fine. now. This is the album. I think I the back end of this album is so good. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, the tone is so good on this. Dan's tone, I just love it, man. He, he's a master at that. I know he works hard to get that tone. I've, I've read... Uh, I've I've seen interviews with his guitar tech, and it's just like that guy's like pulling his hair out all the time, <laughs> as far as that goes, because he likes he likes to get a lot of old equipment, and, and like that stuff's not reliable at all. Stuff. Exactly, yeah, exactly. But yeah, man, I the, it's a it's a slow burn. I agree, hundred percent. It grows after a few listens. I mean, first listen may not grab you, but if you listen this three or four times, it's going to grab you. If you're a blues rock guy, excellent song. I gave it an eight. Fair enough, Anthony. What do you think about happiness? Yeah, it's another dirty blues number that uh, works. You know, I like a lot of things about it, especially the guitar. You know, I love that fuzzy guitar sound. Got a great groove and vibe. I like the way it closes out as well. No issues at all. And this is another one that was kind of on the fence. I'm going to bump it to an 8-2 after hearing that clip. I'm going to give it a, and was it an excellent for us, an 8? So I'm going to bump this one up too. Because it was another one of those 7.75 songs for me where it's like, do I want to go all the way to 8? I'm not sure, just, but... After hearing that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to put it at an eight. So it deserves it. Great, great tune. All right, Chris, let's go to track nine. It's called Baby, I'm Coming Home. So this one is the Midnight Rider by the Almond Brothers. Uh, oh my bad! No, no, no. We're, we're doing the Black Keys song. Sorry. This one's called "Baby, I'm no, Coming Home." Nothing wrong with that either. So uh, yeah, this is pure Almond Brothers worship. Uh, it absolutely references to the Midnight Rider, uh, and I, I said Midnight Rider's a better song, but it's a classic <laughs> song. However, this bass riff is undeniable. This song is super enjoyable, and it really helps bring this album to a close as we're working our way to the end of this record. I mean, I think it's really, I think it's great, uh, and I'm arguable probably to say it's closer to excellent, but right now I'm at a seven. I think it's a great song, uh, and I do appreciate the nod to the Almond Brothers. Chris, what did you think about this classic, Baby, I'm Coming Home, or Midnight Rider, whichever one you want to do. Yeah, it's funny you said that because I, I have heard interviews with him and, and he lists Almond Brothers as one of his biggest oh, influences. I, I don't know if you're aware of that or not. But, I didn't know but that, did, but that's yeah. this is pure Almond Brothers. He said he grew up it. listening to the Almond Brothers in his house a lot. His his I guess parents were big fans of theirs. So that that's awesome. It's funny you said that, but and I, you're right. It does sound a lot like uh, like that song. <laughs> 
I think it's my favorite song of the night, and I know my fanboy is in full mode now. But like I say, they close this album strong. I, I think I love those bluesy riffs, the chords. It's very singable. That chorus is so singable once it gets in your head, man. I uh, love the guitar solo as far as that goes. It's just a tremendous song, I, and I think it's one that hopefully that they'll just play in concert from from now on. As far as that goes, it, it feels like a really good concert song. As far as that goes, right? I get. I, I didn't give any 10s tonight because I don't think anything's been out long enough to give a 10 as far as that goes. But this could be down the road. It's a nine and a half for me right now, though. It's, I mean, it's perfection for these guys, but I'm not going to give it a 10. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Oh, wow. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Praise. Love it. Anthony, Love it. baby, I'm coming home. Uh, you know, it's another song that kind of fell between great and excellent. They won't bump it up, too. I, I like the sound of that clip, man. That clip really did it for me again. It, Still the deal. So I'm gonna give this one eight too. It's like the so. best part of the song, dude. It was just the beginning. <laughs> I know, I know. Like I said, it, yeah. it's still growing I, on me, man. Every time I, I hear it, I keep my nose, but more there's a part where it kind of like takes off too, about halfway through. That, that yeah. it just like changes complete paces. I like it, that part. It's too. the thing. Every time I listen to this album, they, the songs just keep growing on me each time. So, so I easily give that, that one says an eight. a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's a you know got a very catchy chorus. The blues rock thing they got going on is amazing. I like the ebbs and flows and the way it builds up to that bombastic, fuzzy conclusion. So good. Um, I like the way it transitions easily between fast and slow, too, man. So I'll give us an eight. I think it's an excellent, excellent tune. And uh, I didn't really notice I was into blues rock as much till Chris brought on some stuff on this podcast. Yeah, and it's I, so, it's I, so smooth, man. I love it. I guess I, I just like it a lot more than I thought I did. So I didn't never gave it a chance. So Awesome, but, man. Awesome. Yeah. Now, the final track, it's called Didn't I Love You, Chris. Didn't I love you? Now, wow, this one is absolutely a strong closer and probably the best song to close out this album with as far as what we've just listened to. Man, Finger Picking Blues. I mean, that's one of Dan's many, many talents. This is the longest song on the album, and it's for good reason. It's honestly, it might be one of the best songs on the record. Um, I mean, I love the tone of this guitar and pretty much everything about it. I found this to be an excellent, excellent song to close out with. My praises are out there for this one. It's an eight. Chris, what do you think about Didn't I Love You? It is a very good closer as far as that goes. Uh, it, it's another one that absolutely old school, back to their first album kind of sound. Uh, I hate that when I process these songs and get them in there, you can't, uh, you know, this one's one that kind of like bounces in your ears. and in, But like because of the way I couldn't, I was like, trying to hear it on that one channel the way that kind of cut you when he does yeah. on the guitars and i i wasn't hearing that because i have to like mix these into mono when i when i pull the clips but I, and i hate that because it would have been really nice to to hear those bounce when i was listening but uh yeah i just love the groove on this song dan's tone is exceptional throughout it's just a fun yeah. tune uh, easy to sing along to i say that a lot i know but that's just kind of how i feel about these songs um yeah, I don't know, man. I, I gave it an eight and a half. I think it's it's hard to, to rate these songs at this point, really, as far as that goes. But I, I don't think it's quite as good as the last one, but I still think it's an excellent song. So I'm going with eight and a half. Fair enough. Anthony? And it's a good closer because the, the way it kind of like turns into a oh, jam yeah. session at the end. As far as it does. Goes. 
Well, that's another one that's kind of growing on me. I, I had a different opinion. I, I thought it was a solid album closer. There might be a few on here I think could have closed it a little stronger, personally. Right. Um, I still gave it a seven. I mean, I think it's a great anyway. So I, I do like that fuzzy guitar that's throughout this song. Um, I like the way it crackles across the speakers when you're listening to it. It's got a nice little feedback sound to it, I guess. But mm-hmm. I gave it a seven as of now, and I, I'm good with that for now. This one is still kind of growing on me a little bit, too. Um, I'm not sure why, because it has a lot of that stuff I like in it. But, you know, some songs jump off at you quickly. Some take a little right, longer. So. Right. so, Fair enough, man. Grim. Fair enough. All right, guys. So, final thoughts. All right. So, my opinion, album's been out for a week. I, mean, I think the Black Keys have really put together another fantastic album. It's a fun listen. It features one of my favorite guitarists of all time, Billy Gibbons. I'm amazed that we have seen the Black Keys release an album about a year after her last record, Delta Cream. And it's another, that's a solid album full of covers. Um, but I feel like this one's going to get better over time. I mean, I was a little critical on this, and I, you know, I, I think it was justfully so. I mean, I think that sometimes you've got to really, really give it multiple, multiple listens. And guys, I'm telling you right now, I'll probably listen to it, I'd say, somewhere between eight and 10 times this week throughout my travels and it's a quick listen too that's the best part about it you know we're talking about an album less than 40 minutes long and it's easy to listen to um i guarantee you i'm going to start appreciating this more and more and it's a a great album i mean honestly overall i mean i think it's a great pick chris obviously i knew this was going to be on your radar um and i definitely would recommend this to our listeners to give it a shot if you have any favor toward the blues rock genre or even even the alt rock genre for that matter because it does have some of those alternative sounds to it uh, although it is purely rooted in blues Uh, my final score came out to be 7.1 right now and honestly i'm gonna leave it as at at that uh of course in my scale of of black keys they're never going to beat magic potion i love that album i don't know why chris it might be because it's the first album i listened to by them but that is the pinnacle in their discography in my opinion and um and this is going to grow no doubt about it no doubt about it what was your final thoughts well i hope you guys enjoyed it uh you know to me it's it was a good listen i like you said i knew when this was coming out i wanted to try to tackle this one early as far as that went um for me it feels like it's kind of a a mixture of new black keys and old black keys. And like I said, there was kind of like a line there about halfway through where it transcends from new to old. And that back half of this album, this album just feels like they're old stuff. And I love it. I like the new stuff too. I mean, wild child's a good single as far as that goes. I feel like that's uh, it's got a lot of radio play. It's a good song. Uh, I love they pulled Billy Gibbons in on this because up until recently, I didn't realize how similar I think both bands are to me as far as that. Goes. I, I know that, ZZ Top has a lot more history than the Black Keys, and I'm not saying they're like equal to each other, but I feel like there is a similarity as far as that goes, and it's cool that he came in and lent his tone to that song. Uh, excellent song, one of the best on the album. You know, I, I gotta, I'm going to go off uh, topic here a little bit because I, I read an article yesterday. I didn't write any of this in my notes because I'd already done my notes, but kind of irked me a little bit. It's, uh, you know, I, these people do these album reviews, and I guess where I was like Googling them, listening to the music and stuff, I, you know, these articles pop up on your feed and some guy from Blabbermouth uh, reviewed this album and he pretty much trashed it saying it sounded just like the last album. And I was just like, okay, that's not true. First off, uh, it, there is part of the album has that new sound. A whole lot of the album has the old sound. It sounds nothing like the last album. or not. It sounds like let's rock. Let me just say Delta cream is kind of its own thing where it was just covers as far as that goes. But I was just like, who is this idiot who thinks he's probably like sitting in his mom's basement writing a review or something like to, to, to trash this for sounding like an album that everybody loves, by the way, that was universally praised. And then to you know, just act like it sounds just like that. And it, I, that was really, from what I could tell, his only criticism, but he gave it a pretty low score on their, their scale as far as that went because of that. What score uh, did he give it? Do you remember? He gave it a six. Yeah. I don't know. Like uh, I, is listen, that before you go any further, uh, you're talking about a site that specializes in hard rock and metal. Blabbermouth is a hard rock okay. and metal yeah, that's site. That's what I was thinking. So keep that in mind, Chris. These guys are going to be more critical to stuff that's not in their wheelhouse. And although this reviewer may be a fan of blues rock, I promise you he is comparing it to 
metal or hard rock. So that's okay. probably why it's as low as it is. That's not a good site to use as a reference I point. For this. On my feed, and I, you know, it's kind of like clickbait. Well, you sure. have to, you see, you're well, I, you're, I get it. You're listening to, and then. Somebody gave me a review. I was like, oh, let's see what this guy said about it. And he kind of trashed it. And I was just like, this, you know, I, I didn't really understand any of his critique on it. Um, it I mean, it's not going to sound completely like something brand new. I mean, obviously, it's going to harken back to some of their old stuff. Everybody does that when, when, when sure. it comes to releasing an album. Sure. But I don't know. I just kind of got under my skin a little bit when I read gotcha. that. I was like, who's this guy? Where are his credentials your gears. To, to review this album to begin with? You know, but anyway, it is a good follow-up to Let's Rock as far as that goes. Uh, like I said, Delta Cream's its own thing. I'm not going to try to compare it to that. It was just straight old blues covers as it was, Anthony, if you haven't listened to that. Mm, but it's the album is basically ex- kind of what I expected it to be as far as that goes. Um, I know I fanboyed it a little bit much tonight, but heck, that's just that's what I'm going to do on something like this. That's the nature My of score the was an 8.1 when I tallied it up overall. I'm going to leave it there. It's just a shade above excellent for me, and I kind of feel like we're th- that's where this album is. So. Awesome. Yeah. Anthony, what are your final thoughts of this record? You know, you said something in that review. It's a little bit off topic, but people, it drives me. It's one of my big pet peeves. People griping about stuff either sounding new or being a retread. I keep thinking of Star Wars. Everybody was like, The Force Awakens, it's a retread of A New Hope. And then yeah. they give you the next one, The Last Jedi, which is com- bonkers different from anything Star Wars. Like, well, it's not Star Wars. And I'm like, geez, people, <laughs> who the hell, how are you trying to impress people? They give you an original. Uh, but anyways that's another subject but anyways i was thinking of that when you said that people just get on these weird tangents sometimes it's like Mm. why does it matter if it sounds like a bit like the other stuff they are the black keys this is their sound you know you listen to maiden album that's a maiden album you listen to a priest album. that's you know listen to buffett album that's a you know you you know the sound you know so and blabbermouth everything i've gotten from them has been metal related so that's why it was kind of strange i was thinking when you said blabbermouth oh my god metal site's doing this wow yeah but Anyways, uh, it's a great pick, and this one's cracked my top five for the year so far. I'd send it number four for me for the year, so uh, wow, knocked out Toto four as of now. So oh wow, good job, good job. Toto four, I'm impressed. Wow, man. <laughs> um, it's like currently at four. It's an excellent album from the opening song to the last. It's now I think we'll get more plays throughout the year. You know, sometimes we'll listen to it for a week. But I think I might listen to this one off and on throughout the year. Um, big recommendation. I would advise anyone listening to go out and grab a copy today, stream it, buy it, whatever you want to do. Give it a good listen. It's a solid tune. It, mine came out to 7.85, but I adjusted my rating. So I'm going to go ahead and set it at an eight. Give it an excellent. Cause it's a, it's a really good album. Man. It really jumped off at me quickly. Um, so question for no you, when you, that. when you say your, your top five, are you actually going with your numerical scores or is that more just a feel kind of thing? More of a feel the way the, yeah. like Van Halen is still sitting at number one for me because <laughs> I listened to that again recently and it still holds up for me. Still enjoy the crap out of that album. It's somewhere between Rush and Van Halen for me because Rush has put me on a deep dive of Rush that I've never thought I'd ever get on before. So I'm aiming, those are my top two right now for the year. Um, but it's just, I go feel a lot of times when I do my top five, you know, so it's like the album that hit me the hardest, no matter what the rating is. So, anyways. Nice, nice. Do you remember what the other three are, just out of curiosity? I know, that obviously, Europe, this song. Europe, the final high. countdown is countdown, seven three. Yeah. Nice, okay. And then uh, Black Sabbath's uh, Heaven and Hell is at five Great. right now, so. Awesome. Yeah, that was the Toto 4, Huey Lewis are right on the outside, so. Right, Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I was just curious because that's awesome. I, yeah, I've been trying to keep a tally on each album just to kind of see how it plays out. You know, it's, it's a smart to... thing to do. It's a smart thing to do, Anthony, because honestly, by the end of the year, we're going to have, what, 20 or 30-some albums probably to consider, right. I would say, close to it. Um, I, I try to do it while it's hot in my head, you know, because I think yeah. that's when I get the true feeling of how the album is. So, Because you go that's back good. early January when in December and you're like, did I like that album? I don't remember. Now I know exactly how I feel. So yeah, that's that's great, man. Holy smokes! Wow. Yeah. Okay. I would like to throw one more uh, thing in there because I, I forgot about. It. I got sidetracked talking about that guy from Blabbermouth. But one note that I feel like I've got in here that is kind of uh, means something. Worthy. Yeah, I, I think if they would extended the the songs a little longer sometimes and and given some more guitar solos, they they cut some of the songs pretty early, man. Like two and a half minutes is not long enough for a song, I don't think. Uh, and you got that a couple times on this album. So. Two and a half doesn't bother me, man. If the song well, works. I, it's just like he's too good a guitar player to not have a, a solid solo in some of these songs. I mean, some of them just kind of like glaze over that. And I, that, that's the only critique I have there with that. 
Yeah, maybe he wanted something shorter this time. Maybe it's the longer stuff's bugging him or something. Who knows? Could be. Know. Right, right. Uh, yeah, but he's too good a guitarist not to have really good guitar solos <laughs> in, his, in his songs, I think. So it's just uh, that's arguable. Yeah, I agree. There. I agree. Okay. All right, guys. So we've got a pick here. Anthony, what are we going to be listening to for the next couple of weeks? And in this corner, weighing in at approximately 180 pounds, the Ace of Apex, the Italian Stallion, the Ballad Boy. It's Anthony with his Pick of the Week. Yeah. You know, I had a little trouble trying to figure out what I want to go with next, um, but I want to go with the better have the initials of J and B. Uh, it's actually not. I want to take a I'm little joking. Buffett break. It's, it, that Buffett album was so hard for me to review. You don't, you guys know how hard it was for me to review. Um, it's not like I told Chris. It's not that I don't like to be critical. I don't like to be critical. You, <laughs> I'm, I don't, you know, I'm just saying I'm not a critical person, and it's even harder to be even a little with Buffett. So I want to go with Iron Maiden's first album. I want to dive into the Paul Diano era and give Chris a taste of the Paul Diano era. They got some heavy hitters on this one. I mean, they've got Iron Maiden's been played in concert every time since it initially came out. I mean, it's a huge Maiden song. There's a few other ones on there, too. I think Chris is going to like a lot. So I was trying to find one, and I was like, I don't want to go with their 80s because everybody knows their 80s and how great that damn era was. Their 90s is hit or miss. Their new ones are too long. And I was like, well, let's just try the, the very first Iron Maiden album. So, it's a, it's oh. a little different. Something maybe. This should be an interesting review next week because this is not the typical Maiden sound. I like this. I like yeah, this. Yeah, it's got more of a punky sort of hard oh, it's rock. It's punk on this. Rocky. Yeah, it's yeah. a little different sound. It's punk, would you? Mm, okay. Well, it's well, it's kind of a, it's crusty. It's like early. It's it's post punk and early heavy metal, man. It's it's like it's a, a mixture of the two. It really it's, is because these guys were young. You know, they were on right. fire. This is this is a very very. Like I said, you're gonna you're gonna see punk ele- or hear punk elements, and you're gonna hear what is gonna become Iron Maiden. But this is them forming. I mean, this is the beginning of their yeah. sound. It's, it's, be, it's a good. It's a solid listen. It's a tough one for folks who have only heard Dickinson though. So this will be this will be cool. I thought it could be kind of interesting. Just get It'll be a conversation for sure. Yeah. So, anyways. And what's on there, Jimmy? Do you have that in front of you? I know Iron Maiden's on there. And, uh, is that oh, the one with Running Free? Or, or Running Rath Free? Child. I thought that was off of Killers. But I'll tell killers? You for sure I can't remember which what's on there. It's got There's Prowler. Oh, it is. Running Free is on this one. Prowler. Yeah. Remember Tomorrow's a great song. I you got that. Iron Maiden. You got Transylvania, which is a great song. God, Phantom of the Opera's on this. It's Phantom a classic. Oh, Jesus. You probably have to give. Chris, the clip on Phantom of the Opera, it's like Holy seven minutes. Holy smokes. Yeah, it's a long one. <laughs> oh, my God. clips now, Jimmy. So. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to, I'll have to give it a couple of listens because I'm going to have to go back and revisit. This is I do not revisit the Diano era. I only listen revisit to these songs whenever Dickinson sings them. So it's been a long – I bet it's been five years since I've listened to either one of those albums, the, the first two recently. records. All right, guys, before we cut out for the week, Anthony, what do you got going on this week? Uh, Songlines and Tan Lines podcast, uh, Tampico Trauma and Landfall, diving into the changes oh, the lads yes. have. So trying to set up wow. for summertime. Summertime's coming, so I'm doing some different stuff this summer to kind of lessen my time. Love Tampico so. Trauma. That's one of my favorite songs. But. Dude, yeah. great album. Underrated. Uh, that would have been my next, uh, probably my next pick. All right, nonetheless, yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome. Great choice. I can't wait to hear it. Wednesday, I'm looking forward to it. Guys, I said we close this thing out for the Audible Ecstasy podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. Hey,